sixth of June, the nature of life after death, and I was talking about the the fact that the astral plane itself was created in early Atlantean times when the Atlanteans themselves were clairvoyant. They saw the auras around them of people that had strong desires, strong emotions, but very little mind. And with their desires and with their emotions, as they were starting to come into physical plane, incarnation objectivity is the proper word for it, they started to take from others what they wanted and build into the substance of, of their lives everything that they desired, pleasure palaces, um, absolute luxurious items they built with their minds, with their emotions, and also started building onto the physical plane. They lived very simple lives at first, but as the mind developed, the, the thought structures became stronger and stronger, and they be, started to use their, their clairvoyance to, and magic to attack each other, to take from each other with magic now things they desired. It became quite a, a, a battlefield. The, the, later on, if you ever get to see this Atlantis near the end, you'll find it was just scarred, it was black, the, the forests were destroyed, everything. It was just um, wars going on nearly continuously. The, the whole night sky was full of some smoke and things like that. So the psychic environment was was terrible and eventually caused the god, and I use the term the god of those times because of um, the way that the deity worked, destroyed the Atlantean continent. Then later on, in a, in a more uh, recent cycle, we get, for instance, to ancient Egypt and those ancient societies where the clairvoyance was still we get the reappearance of those that that um, cycle of Atlantis, where humanity still had a strong clairvoyance, and the 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 whole religion was based on magical invocation, and they had their temples, and in the on the temples on the walls of the temples, they painted the images of everything that a person that died needed for their afterlife. And they continually made the prayers, put food into the temple and so forth. They mummified the body so that the body can live for the long to enjoy all of those things that were painted on the temple walls. And you can see that this is again building into the astral plane uh, pleasure palaces, the types of images that the, those that are very devotional wanted when they died. The whole religion is based on life after death. And as I said, exceedingly devotional. They were the most devotional of all those times. But if you go to all of the other ancient religions at this time, it was similar as in ancient Crete and Babylonia and we could probably go to the middle, you know, to China and places like that. There was the, the the religion was based on things that they actually saw. Therefore, the deities, some of the gods, appeared in the form as astral plane forces. With, um, for instance, the 
uh, Isis and and um, Hathor. Hathor was uh, the cow goddess. So they had um, animal heads with human bodies, which some of you that have looked at the Egyptian pictures, you'll see them all over the place. Anubis with a, a jackal-headed um, head and the human body. These were the gods, and they worshipped them, not just because... Um, some priests said you must worship them but because they were real beings to the people that had the clairvoyance that had the psychic perception to see them and they were forces they embodied energies and they conveyed images to the Atlanteans so there was whole temples devoted to Isis or to Hathor or to Osiris, or to Horus, the eagle-headed god, uh, to Ra, the sun god, that you, you can understand that our Western psychologists in, in, um, or you know, the, the, those that, that studied religion in universities, they only think in terms of this concrete mind. The, the, the lower mind, they think that everything is concrete. But when you go into the... Um, into the astral domain or into the ethic domain or into the abstract mind, the mental, the superior mind or any of the higher planes, then it's a different world. So if you restrict yourself purely to here, the dense world, and purely to this concrete mind, that's where we are at present. But for millions of years, human beings have been evolving this astral plane and living in this ethic body during the Lemurian era and merging into their soul and learning about the soul consciousness. And so the great myths of the time has all got to do with this, the building of this substance that we experience in the life after death. It was created by human desires human magical invocation by the masses of the beings, masses of people with their devotion to the images of the gods to, and the building with their minds and their desire minds as they did in, in Egypt of the type of things they wanted in the life after death. And so the pictures were painted on the, on the walls of, of the of the tombs and of course with the pharaoh you had great uh, retinue of, of servants and they, 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 they had that and in some of the tombs you have little pictures of whole armies um, and, um, and servants and things like that because that's what they wanted to look after them when they died the pharaoh himself was a sun god so, and likewise, with we go jump from Egypt to ancient Greece, and at the time of Homer, and uh, you get the Homer's Odyssey and the Iliad, at this early Greek, it's the same thing. They did not do a thing, if you read these books, you know, Virgil's Aeneid, for instance, without um, talking to the gods. There were temples everywhere of, of initiation, such as Eleusius, Ephesius, that they went to get information from the gods. They did special rituals. They were very, very religious, devotional religion. 
And it's when we get to the time of Aristotle, Plato, the, the Greek philosophers about 500 years BC to the present time, then we get the beginning of this development of concrete mind, which is necessary because human beings have to develop their minds and become intelligent to control all of the forces of nature on the physical plane. And then the next step onwards is to develop our superior minds and the higher clairvoyant. Before, um, the earlier clairvoyance was um, when you're controlled, directed by the gods. The forces around you controlled you. In this new form of clairvoyance that humanity will develop, you are in control because you have developed the mind to do so. But the, the, the period in between is one of magic, of black magic, of many warring forces. And black magic versus white magic will be one of my subjects later on when this whole control of astral space, the ability to cause people to, to sicken and die uh, just through magic uh, and uh, to control their thoughts and um, produce what you want through materialization of, of astral substance into the etheric and then into the physical plane. So there is much to, to learn here, but you now understand that this whole period of where people go when they die was created by people over millions of years of desirous thought forms and religion um, conditioning people to create this world. Therefore, in our esoteric philosophy, the astral plane itself is illusional. A phenomena created by human beings, but does not exist for the other kingdoms. For the other kingdoms, for instance, for the animals, they don't really have an astral plane. They have a space they go to. And on the astral plane, human beings will have see the animals because they have projected them there with their desires. Uh, and so this is um, quite an important thing for you to understand, that this uh, world that you go to after death, and it is quite beautiful for a lot of people, and I'll explain the conditions as we go, but the, how it came into being is important to understand. And you understand as you evolve spiritually, as you became more and more enlightened, you will again die to the astral plane. It no longer is of importance to you because you're going to go through these higher planes. You're going to merge with your soul and develop the higher spiritual perceptions. So the astral plane is a, is a place of illusion that is necessary for average human beings to go to until they learn this higher spiritual way. So after that, uh, if I understand right, everyone goes to the uh, astral plane first? Everyone, except for those that... Uh, there, there are rules, and I'll try to explain these rules to you. The rules... That there's law. Everything is governed by law. Therefore, the conditionings on the astral plane are governed by the law, which I'll explain to you. There, it, this has got to do with the way that the mind controls substance. 
and the substance is watery. As I pointed out before, the, the Atlantean kingdom was destroyed by water, just the same as our epoch will be destroyed by fire, by these wars that are coming. And they are now ready to make these wars. <laughs> Terrible. Everything is governed by karma. This is another thing from the last, um, last talk. So once you understand karma, then you understand also that, that where you go to in the life after death is also determined by your karma. Now, if you understand the, what water is, now if you think of an energy field, so if you think of an energy field, and the energy is watery, there's different types of water. There's water that's very clear, that has light shining through it, and it's sparkling and radiant. And then there's water that's turbulent, like uh, becomes more and more muddy. And then there's mud at the very bottom. So, so the astral plane has these subplanes, these sublevels to it from the very, very clear luminescent water that you can see through and it reflects the higher planes, the kingdom of souls and Buddhi, the, the, the kingdom of God, if you wish. And it can reflect that and bring it into its own field of expression. But it's the human emotions. Now you think of the way humans are. Their desires, their selfishness, their anger, their, their sexuality, their lusts, their hatred, their spites. All of these things and all of the colours of the aura together make the lower planes of the astral murky, muddy. Terrible place. So human aspiration, loving considerations, kindness, high devotion, affection. This brings you to the higher planes. The normal type of human beings that, that have loving interrelationships, like most people are, they, they are generally loving. You know, they, they, they have selfishness, but on the whole they still are loving. And then there are some very, very vicious people, hugely selfish people that steal and manipulate and lie and steal to take everything for themselves. They hate and they... So these types of people will suffer what, what they have sown. This is the karma, the law of karma. Now, so if we go back to remembering that or to understanding that it's a form of energy that is like water and the water itself can be very clean and clear or it can be very muddy and be mud itself and this is all created by human desires so if you can understand the more you aspire towards light the more you aspire towards liberation, towards love, the cleaner the energy and the more in line with the higher planes, the planes of light. The more you are selfish and sensual and separative and, and lots of spite and have lots of anger and all those things, you create for yourself the lower astral plane conditioning.
So in the early Atlantean stages, they created for themselves astral plane utopia. Right? You know the word utopia, pleasure palaces, what they wanted. But as they developed more mind, they became more selfish and became much more uh, hateful, spiteful and all those attitudes of mind that you know, we don't like that cause pain and suffering to other people. And then it produced the lower, the hell states of the astral. So the astral plane has the heaven states of all the religions plus the hell states. Now all the religions speak of hell. So hell is a condition that you carry with you and that you've created for yourself according to the way you have manifested your life. Not just this life, but past lives. And when you think of a large number of people producing these selfish, separative, um, hateful types of activities, and you know how selfish people normally are, they create for themselves health states when they leave their bodies. It's a self-created substance that is watery in nature. So all the religions speak of a hell. The purgatory state, for instance, is the Catholics, they have hell, um, heaven and purgatory. They make the mistake of thinking that you'd live there forever and ever, except for purgatory you may get to heaven, but it's not so. You go through the various planes and eventually you cleanse yourself. Even those in hell will get out of it. So what... What happens um, is that, uh, just give you an example, strong addictions. You all know what, uh, what addictions are. Um, a lot of people out there are addicted to sex, to, to pleasurable lifestyle. Uh, for instance, they, they, can, they smoke. And you, I don't know if any of you ever smoked. It's very hard to get rid of, to, to prevent it. To, to stop smoking um, because you're addicted to it so all the time you you um, light up a cigarette now I, I've seen clairvoyantly what happens before a person picks up a cigarette an astral hand comes to pick up the cigarette and then there whenever you see I have a desire for something like all of you have had desires you send your astral body out to pick it up to try to grab hold of it, and then your hand will do it or whatever. Now, you understand how strong that desire can be for a lot of people. Now, just think what happens when your body dies. All that has happened is the body has gone. The person comes out of the body, and and, uh, before we go to that, uh, well, anyway, the person comes out of his body and looks down and says, Is that me? Yeah, and is watching, or she's watching everyone crying over it or whatever, and then eventually it's going to be burnt or buried. They can see the whole process. But. Can you see it? Oh, yes, you can. Um, now, so what happens is all that has happened is that body has died. 
And the consciousness, the, the, the person has left it and is looking at it. But all of those desires, all of those addictions, still there. They have not gone anywhere. Mm. Right? Mm. The first thing that happens when you leave your body is that you live in the energy body. Now all of you know of the energy body, you've, you've studied it quite well. That's what you live in for a while. The energy body normally stays for about two weeks and it starts to dissipate. And this is what we call the ifrit body in the Nadis. Right? And for those two weeks, and this is just average, it depends on how a person dies, how much energy um, there's in it. For instance, if somebody commits suicide, there's very strong energy body. It was not intended for the soul, for that person to die that way. If somebody dies over long sickness, the energy body is already weak, and they normally go quickly into the astral. But say generally for about two weeks the person is out of their body, in the energy body, and they do not know much of a difference. Their body still has the same shape, form as the body had when they were alive. Except that the people around them will no longer talk to them. They're trying to talk to... Yeah, for instance, they've just died, and you know, let, let us say it was uh, the father of, of a child, of a daughter, or something like that, and the daughter is crying and it's really sad, or the whole family is sad, and, and the person is trying to talk to them. They're not listening. You understand that this is all that is really happening. Now, if you had a little bit of, um, instead of being so emotional, you would be more meditative and you would align yourself to the person then they would say, tell you, it's okay, I'm alive. Don't cry, don't do these things. So this is um, the where people have to go. They have to realise that, that the person has not really died. All they've done is left the body behind and the body is a body of clay or flesh. It's, it's immaterial. Everyone must die. And any of you have seen pictures of war and you've probably had friends and relatives that have died or your family or your father or something like that. You know what happens. But on the inner of that, so they go into their energy body and then the next thing they discover is that they're free. There's no more pain, no more suffering. They're free from all of that. And then they realise if they think, for instance, say if they're here in Brussels and they think of a shop they were in Paris, then they'll be in Paris like that. Because the law that conditions you now is the law of thought, of the mind. It's not the physical body. You don't have to walk there. It's not like this. It's you think of it, you're there. Yes, in, even in this energy but even in the Ifrik. They have to learn this, but in the astral, it's all conditioned by the mind. And so, this is, um, you know, your, your body goes... But before they learn that, first of all, they normally stay around their family and they watch the funeral and they're trying to comfort everyone that's crying. 
right? They love them, they attach to them still, and they're watching their body being buried. It's uh, it's just a natural thing. So then, after a while, they said, "Oh well, maybe I'll go visit Paris." And they go to Paris, or they go to New York, like that. And then there's all sorts of other things happening around them. Other people that have died. There's not they're not the only ones that are there. There's other. This is on the Ephraim. But eventually, the pull to the physical plane goes away. The energy that's in their um, in their astral form starts to go. And at a certain time, a being will come up, an angelic being, or what they call an inner helper, an astral helper will come and and tell them they've been here long enough. It's time for them to be shown a disciple. Or it can be angel, a, de- a diva, a, an angelic being. And then they led into the inner realms. But this is for the average person. Eventually, when they, when they are led, they are shown their karma. But before we go to that, I want you to understand, or go back to this uh, concept of addiction. Now, you understand that the person has now died. And they will go to, if, for instance, if they drank a lot of alcohol or they smoke cigarettes, they go to a bar and they want to drink the alcohol. And they grab it. They cannot drink it. They want to light a cigarette. They put the cigarette and they cannot even bring the cigarette to their mouth. But their astral body, now that you understand that the astral body is the desire body. It's the body of desires. Now, while you were alive, you had a physical body that had its own sensations and toned down the desire. When you are dead, that desire is no longer toned down. It is incredibly strong. And there's no way you can satiate. No way you can experience that smoke. The only way that happens is that the energy finally just dissipates. <laughs> gets less and less until it's no longer there. Now, so you understand that this is a health state for such a person. If um, they have... I'm sorry, I did not quite understand you. Uh, the strong desires in the astral body disappears? Slowly, yes. Dissipates. It, it goes away. So this is one form of the health state. Now, another form, for instance, I'll give you is... Can you calculate the time where this, this desires, I think as small as what we call the astral ones, um, uh, they, they disappear. The, um, could you define, in terms of time, um, when you say these two weeks, you have the astral body. For the etheric body. Yeah. The energy body. The, the energy body. Yeah, yeah. So the astral body is still... Which still has the shape of It the, still has the shape the of the shape human. of the former yes, physical yes, body. Yes. And, um, but then, you said two weeks. The general, the general thing is two weeks. There are people that commit suicide 
There are people that, um, what we call earthbound spirits, that are so attracted Attracted to to attach that it'll be much longer. There's all sorts of um, problems. I've had to sometimes um, help these types of people by bringing to them astral helpers uh, because they can see the aura, they know... But when you mean not much longer, it can be years. Uh, it can be, but that would be very rare. Normally it's about two weeks. And normally for the normal person, it's something like two weeks for them to, for the energy to, to leave enough and for them to have visited their friends. For instance, you have lots of friends and you will go and visit your friends, family, relatives, wherever they are in the world. And you'll see them, you'll go to places that were of importance in your life. For instance, you'll, you may remember something that um, when you're a girl, and you go there and, and really look at this. So you go to all these places, and so you have time to do this. But then you're not yet at the astral plane. Not yet on the astral, you're on this ethic. The, 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 the um, energy, the, 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 the domain of the energy field. So the astral, you come to this soon enough, so there's a certain time for you to do these things and then uh, you're pulled into the astral plane. So when people, some people say that oh, they have a relative, a, friend, a brother or a husband or a son in, in the war and, and that person dies and they say, it's not possible, I was talking to, to, to him. That's right. But how can they see it? I mean, the person who dies, how can... Uh, it's clairvoyance. It's easy enough. The, it's, for instance, I, I re- related to my first lecture when my mother died. Oh no, when my, and during the war, when my brother died, he was fighting in the war, and he talked to my mother for three hours, sitting on her bed. She was only 18 or 17 then. And, um, and, and she knew he was dead. Why? Because she couldn't see the... Could she see? What could she see? She could see. No, 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 no. It's clairvoyance. There's many, many people with these qualities. So some people have natural clairvoyance. Like my mother had natural clairvoyance. She could see the fairies and the you know these types of things. So some people can see these. And in this particular time, this after death. The, the energy body can be so strong, they can just see the, the person, or the person can put into your mind the image, uh, because it's still almost physical. Right? It, when, when eventually the astral body is released from this energy field, then it's a different story then you'll rarely see that person and the person will rarely actually want to visit you anymore. They have their own world they go to and also they could be in a hell state. In a hell state. They can go to hell. Now, now I've mentioned one form of hell that lasts a long which is an addiction. But this is not the true form of hell. A, a much worse state is people have been selfish all their lives. Now, when you think, uh, if you understand this energy of selfishness, it's all got to do with energy. It's all energy. And the way the mind and the energy body of the astral plane work. So, if you think of somebody that is selfish 
all the time. Just think of this. All the time it's me, me, me. They do everything for themselves only. They're trying to make a pile of money and to, so they can buy a pleasure palace for themselves. They often steal from other people in many different ways. The law allows them to steal. That's the way the law works. So they use the money and they use their power, they use their influence. They're only ever thinking of themselves and what they can do in order to make them powerful in the world and rich. Now, this is a form of energy that is always directed upon the self. And so, outwardly, they're taking, they're bringing to themselves, to themselves. And what they're doing is producing around themselves a cage of self. You understand? This energy is a cage that traps them of a very low energy vibration. It's a grey, a grey green energy of selfishness. When you actually see the aura, when I talk to you about the aura, um, you'll see and we'll talk about all the colours around people and, and maybe I'll give you some exercises to see the colours. It's easy enough to see the energies um, which and, and the energy field, the energies that come from the fingertips, you can feel it quite easy this way or this way. It's, it's actually quite fun to do, to do these little experiments and maybe later we can do some experiments on telepathy. But so this energy of, that they put out all their life comes back to them. And it's the energy of selfishness. And it's the most material type of energy on this physical plane. And so what they live, when they go into the astral body, is the, the word is reciprocal. The, um, the reciprocal is the, the, in the um, what you gave outwards now comes back to you. So all the selfishness, all the things you took, now descend upon you as what you no longer have. Um, so, the all, for instance, if you think of a very rich person that's done this, then all they've created for themselves on the astral plane is what we call a hovel. A hovel is like a, 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 a very muddy, murky, grey prison. Hovel is the uh, H-O-V-E-L is the English word for uh, the, the the most primitive type of place to live. If you can think of um, very poor people that live in India or or Africa and they live in a, in a little hut that's full of dirt and, and mess, that's a hovel. So they 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 build for themselves this this wet clingy, clampy prison and this is their hell. And they experience the suffering they've caused to others. The karma descends upon them of what they've done to the other people around them in order to make themselves very rich and powerful. That's their hell. That is their hell. And they live with all the other people that have created a similar hell state. (laughs) Right, and um, so the it's uh, the word in English is squalor. You understand squalor? It's the most um, you're, you're living in filth and rags and like in a garbage dump. That's your life. That's where you live, and that's where they find themselves with nothing 
but themselves and their most selfish energies around them. And everyone around them is the same. And how they can liberate? They can. Eventually this energy falls, dissipates also. And there are people, helpers like you are, <laughs> uh, you're loving, and there are many loving people on the astral plane that go into this realm to help them, to teach them, to explain to them what they've done, why they are there, and what they need to do to get out of there. Um, so that's one form of help state. Another form is the type, like I'll give you another example. You get a person that's always angry, blaming other people for what that person is doing. You've met these types of people. They always, and you know, furious or inflamed. They always critical. You know, you know they, they, everything. Nothing is right for them. It's always somebody needs to be blamed for that. Now, what they're sending out of them with their minds, because this is now a mental type of energy, is a fiery energy. So when they die, this critical mind attacks them of what they have created, the fire. And it's a fiery hell state. Right? Um, and again, they have to live through this. Every time they've attacked another person, they experience the energy coming back to them in this hell state, in this astral plane. So it's important for people, whilst they are alive, to not be selfish, to be loving instead, to be generous, to not be critical. This is what all the religions tell you for a good reason. But most people, they have a little bit of this, right? And, but mostly they're, they're kind-hearted. You, know, you ask them for directions on the street and they'll be happy to tell you where to go. Um, they all, everyone's selfish. They have a certain amount of selfishness, but it's not over-exaggerated. Um, they want pretty things around them. They want their house. They want their children to grow up and, and to have a good life and so forth. And they do what they can to help their children. They have friends and neighbours that they're helping and they're part of a society and they, you know, they're, they're grocers and bakers. And they, now these people, and also often they've been cheated in life by the society. The society makes laws to steal from, from the average working class. You understand? Uh, the laws are made so that a few people can be very, very rich and everyone else has to be a slave working at very small wages and paying lots of rent and all these things just to get by in life. They're struggling all their life just to make ends meet. You know, not everyone can get a very good job that's paying 100,000 euros a month, or, I mean a year or whatever it is. Most people are on the streets or looking for jobs however they can live and they've got to pay rent and they've got to raise a family under very hard conditions. Right? And it's, why is this? It's because the governing, the society have made the laws so that it favours the rich. Right? And anyway, I won't go, this is another subject, but what I'm trying to get to is that these types of people that have been struggling and that have been abused 
because of the way that they, what you might call the chance of rebirth. Some people are born into rich families and it's easy for them. Some people are born into very poor families and they're struggling all their lives. Now, all this is bound with karma, and this is the way that karma works. Now, these people that have been struggling, if they're struggling and they still are good natures and generous and helpful, what they're doing is building on the astral plane a huge palace for themselves because of the way that they're handling life. Because even they have a little bit, they are helping others around them with their little bit. It's like the story of, um, of Jesus when a woman came, when a rich man came to a temple and donated a lot of money. right? But it was only a tiny portion of what he really had. And then a woman, a really poor woman, came and, and donated um, what's, what's called a mite, the smallest coin in the realm of the time. And this was all she had. Everything was there. This tiny little bit of money. And Jesus said, this woman has earned for herself a great reward in the kingdom of heaven because of how she sacrificed the little she had. Whereas the rich man, you know, he with great pomp, said, look what I'm giving to this, to this church or whatever, this gold, this wealth, and sort of as a thing of pride. And he said, this person has given himself a very small home in the kingdom of heaven because he's only given a tiny portion and the portion was mainly for show so that he could be, look in society as a big person. So this is the way that um, that it is worked out on, on the astral plane, on the inner realms. That what you have truly given of yourself... And so the quantity is the purpose. It's the, yes, it's the purpose. What you've done for another person, that is what you receive the reward, reward for. Because money is meaningless. It's only here that we think of money. But on the inner realms, there's no such thing as money. Right? The energy, the energy you put into something, how generous you've been, that is your true money. That is your wealth. Right? How you've manifested your emotional life, how selfish you were, how unselfish you were, there is your true wealth, not uh, the amount of money you've made for yourself or how beautiful a dwelling place you've got and how important you are in this this world here. Because also the karma will work out for these types of very selfish people that they'll also be reincarnated in a poor family, a very poor family and they'll have to struggle their lives in order to understand what selfishness produces, what um, greed and all these things produce. But you can see that those people that are very greedy are taught on the inner realms when they die to not be greedy because the greed has produced this muddy, terrible health state for them to live in. It's the, and they're shown before they can get out of that state that that is the result of their life. And everyone that goes into the astral plane are shown what they did their whole life. 
everything that they did goes into their minds. They can see why this has happened to them, why they are there. In, you know, the mind itself, the brain is liberated. <laughs> so the, the, there's no such thing as a brain. It's, it's pure mind. It's vision. Everything is the vision. So you understand now this concept of, of this hell state is self-created and then the heaven states that people live in is what they've done and how they've done it. Now, in relationship with this, there's also then the astral plane that has been created since the Atlantean times and through all of those religionists, all of that devotion, all of those people that, that have um, built a, a very beautiful landscape on the inner realms. Everything that you know on the physical plane is there. All the beautiful lakes, the boats on the, on, on the water. You think of it, if you can imagine it, it's, it exists on this astral plane. And so when people go into the normal people, loving people, they go to this type of realm. It's the, something like the fifth subplane of the astral. I won't go into all the subplanes. but um, So it's something like the fifth subplane. They go into this... And there, there you have libraries uh, that people can go and learn. It's not the history as you understand it here, because the history, as they say, in, in, um, is written by the victors. It's the true history of the world. So, I mean, at night, I mean, you are dead. After death, yes. On the astral plane, in this particular domain, and so this fifth subplane, and the you know, fifth up going, oh, there's seven subplanes to the astral. I don't want to confuse you too much with being more technical. I could be very technical, and I won't. Um, but they are great. So we're going from a murky state, the hell states, and then you're gradually going to a, a clearer state where the, the watery is now the loving intention of. Of, of loving people, of average people that, that are good-natured. And, and what they have created for themselves there is everything that you see on this earth that is good and nice and beautiful, including such things as libraries. A, and the libraries, as I'm saying, is not the books that we have. It's astral books, and they can be read with the mind. And it's the true history. So if you are a scientist... You can. Is that the Akashic Arch? Ar uh, Akashic Records, yes. This is a, a version of it. It's the astral plane version of it. So if you're a scientist and you want to learn about something, um, you're not limited to that knowledge, but you have all of the esoteric knowledge as well. And you learn it in its truth. So this particular um, heaven state is where. where Some people go through a, you know, a hell or purgatory state, as it's called in the Christian, in the um, Catholic world. So you go through a purgatory state because you've got selfishness to cleanse and things like that. And then you go through these, and eventually you cleanse this and you go into this heaven state um, where these people, everyone is. And so there's millions of beings that are... Now, on this particular domain, in the astral plane... You have to understand, it's, if you want to walk somewhere, you don't need to. Um, you just have to think, and you are there. 
Um, so if you want to enter somebody's house, um, you can knock <laughs> on an astral door, um, but the, but you can also be inside. And in terms of real time, if you have entered the astral plane and you are going from mm. uh, bottom up, uh, mm. uh, you can do that mentally. Uh, no. You can mentally say, oh, I think I would like to to visit somebody down in, in planet Earth. Uh, or perhaps they are still in planet Earth, but not very, very high. Mm. Um, they can do that at any stage of the astral plane? No, no. Most, most, for instance, the selfish people, they, they, they tra- trap, they're imprisoned in their own selfishness. So they, they are not moving anywhere. They live in their, their squalor. They live in their, their garbage dumping and in their hovels and, and this muck. It, it's actually very like mud. It is, it's just murky, muddy, and, and they, they're full of this substance all around. If you can think like this, because this, so it's very, very terrible, mucky, murky, uh, and some of them don't even look like human beings. They're disfigured with their uh, selfish attitude. Now, what I'm, the, what I want to, you to also understand is that what you understand is time. Here's, here's, we've got this watch, and it's ticking away, right? Every second in this minute, and any scientist can say that, you know, okay, uh, what is a second? It's, uh, I don't know, it's, it's, it's the wavelength of cesium of, there's a hundred million per second sort of little, uh, so this, this concept of time does not exist on this realm. It only exists on the physical plane. We reckon time because the sun is going around, uh, or the earth is going around the sun, and the earth is spinning and gives us our days and nights. And we're getting older. But on the astral plane, there's no such thing. The astral itself, the term astral means starry. It's autoluminous, starry. So it, it has its own light. It's, it's the light that comes from, from the higher plane. So it has its own light. It's always day. Except in this murky world that people, you know, these selfish people. But on this other realm, it's always light. And the other thing is, you here, each of you, we, we're getting older, right? We're no longer the, the children we were or the teenagers we were. We're, we're, we're saying, well, our, our life is ending. It's, it's, it's getting near the end. But, and um, you know, especially women, they 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 start to react when their their their, their pretty looks are uh, vanishing, right? And, um, and you know, you're going through this this phase of of life when men are no longer looking at you because the looks are gone and you want to stay. But on the astral plane, what happens that this aging process you no know, does not exist. So what you what you have of your most beautiful time, that's the way you will look. In other words, what I'm trying to say is that when you die, you may be 80 years old, mm-hmm. right? And But when you go into the astral plane, you will look the way you think you want to look. So you'll look like you're 20 years old, and if you want, and people will see you as a twenty-year-old, that's because and it's. If you want to look like forty years, you, you can do that. Okay. It's 
It's the, the aging process, but it's only related to a physical body. And that physical body is gone. So what is left is what you think. And so most people imagine what is the, the best time of their, their years. 30 years old or 40 years old or whatever. They, and that's the way they will appear. Also, on this astral plane, it's all governed by group law, your friends, your relatives, people that have died, are all there. Are your animals not? You can. You can call the animals to you. Your, your animal friends can come onto the astral plane. It's illusion. It's not so much of an illusion, because the animals themselves don't have an astral body as we have it, but they also, the dogs, the pets, these, these cats, you know, that the, 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 the people do have, they also um, have a desire body and they are karmically attracted or attached to their owners. And so you'll find on the astral plane the people that had these pets and if the dog or the cat has died, it will be drawn to, to them and they can still have their, their, their friendship. How the, the, the astral form of that pet? Of that pet, yes. But not, but not the energetic body of that pet. If the pet has died, and and, and it has, and you're closely tied, then the even the energetic body, the, the actual dog, can be there. Yes, but I mean very closely. If if the pet or, or the persons mm. or the people have died in the time very closely to the person who has mm. died, otherwise they are in the process of Of course, of course, all of these things, all of these things can be. So some some beings will, if they're really attached to the to, to the animal and the animal has died, it will. Appear. Now, the other thing I want to give to you is this, and this is quite an important thing uh, that's also related to this, is that when you go to sleep, you go out of your body, right? And you're attached to the body with an energy, what we call the silver cord. Right, so there's uh, an umbilical cord, which is a silver cord, which generally is attached to the navel area. There's three areas going to be attached for mental types. It's the top of the head, which is what in the Hindus call the, the Brahmarandra Vidara, or the back between the shoulder blades, or here. And for very, 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 very primitive people, it can be in the sacral area. So the astral body comes out in the silver cord. So you leave your body, and everyone does this, um, and they leave their bodies during night, and you just pass, not all your astral, not all your, your energetic body. Your whole, just the astral body. The energetic body stays uh, inside, because it's the energy body, otherwise you're dead. Right? But the astral body comes out in the silver cord, and you go and visit your friends that have died. You go and visit Paris, whatever. You can, for instance, meet somebody that you've never met before, but whom is a good friend of yours from former lives. And suddenly you arrange to meet. You say, you'll talk to the person on the astral plane. We will meet each other on the physical plane one week from now in such and such a place. And remember, that somebody you've never met in this life before. And then you meet the person. And it can be, for instance, a husband, that somebody's going to be your husband or wife. Um, so, I can, we can make an appointment to meet? Yes. 
on the astral plane. That's it. That's on, on that date, yes. This is also part of the thing called déjà vu, um, part of the reason for this. So, on the, so when you leave your body, you're going. You can visit your mother, your father who's died, um, children if they've died, so, and you'll talk to them. So, so for them, so, so if you can think of this now, here on the astral plane, you have people who have genuinely died. And then there will be lots of people walking around that are asleep, that have this very luminous um, silver cord. The people who have died will know that they are that uh, that they are uh, out of their bodies. They must have recently died because, uh, by example, um, my father died already for 18 years ago. I suppose he's not anymore on the astral plane, so I... He may or may not be. It may, he may or may not be. It depends. If he's not there anymore, you cannot meet him. When he's not there, you can still... Well, you probably will not meet him, that is correct. Um, there's, there's different sort of um, times that people spend on the astral, but understand there's no such thing as time, as you understand it. Yes, yeah. And you do meet friends, relatives, people who have died, and also, um, for instance, um, uh, I know that uh, Anne's daughter is in Rome right now, but... Um, her daughter and her can meet on the astral plane, or Anne can go to Rome when she leaves her body at night. I'm already 52, but I did. I never had that experience because in my whole life, I did lose lots of persons who I loved very much and who I have a strong attachment. It's also pets. I never had experience. But you may have. See, have you ever had dreams? Do you remember it? Do you remember your dreams? See, when when you when these people that when the people that, that have gone into the astral plane and the silver cord and they've talked to people and, and seen they come back into their body and they will remember some of this through a dream. If the dream is vivid, like like daylight, very clear and, and you've, you remember you're talking to somebody. Okay. That is you remembering uh, that, that you've talked to, you know, and whatever it is. And now I'll explain this a little bit more to you. What happens, therefore, now there's certain ways of knowing when you've come back into your body. Sometimes you'll get an image of being on a beach. You can be on a beach and then you're back into your body. The beach is the, the, the dividing line between the astral and the physical plane. Sometimes you may remember you're being on a train and then you're back into the body. The train is just simply the energy of the silver cord coming back in. Sometimes you may remember sort of something like climbing a rope. Occasionally you may think of uh, watching a TV set. Now, the television set is really you on the inner realms looking upon your physical the world and saying, I have to come back now. Okay, then uh, 
Well, sometimes I don't remember anything, absolutely nothing. Uh, if I come from uh, the uh, the teachings we, we, we learned from our professor's mm. video, uh, dreams are a mechanism of the body, of the mental, to, to clean, to clean works. Uh, the vortex, uh, yes, yes. It can be this. It can be this. There's many different types of dreams. The dreams can also be the soul trying to teach you something. And so there's, there can be highly symbolic dreams and um, dreams that teaching you about the future. You can have premonition of a war or some problem is going to come. So this, the soul is trying to teach you. Now, you have to understand that if you're brain conscious, this physical plane brain, only understands this world and what you've learnt at university and read in magazines, then this astral world, you don't have any real understanding of how to... The brain does not understand how to interpret it. Therefore, it changes it into certain symbols that it understands. I did see my, my dog, my favorite dog, did pass away some weeks ago. And the month before, I got an image just before I woke up from an animal, but I could not see what animal it was. It was tied up the, um, on the, the four mm. legs, I mm. thought. And my my dog died on the operation table, table, and when I go to her to see her again once more, she was tied up. With, uh, this is what you saw. Uh, yes, this is what I did. So I could not see in the image. It was my dog, but I knew it was an animal, mm. and it always that moment that image kept almost with me, yeah. and I always asked myself every day. What is that for an image? That's probably got something to do with the the, the way it was um, um, when it was anaesthetized to be operated on. Mm. So these are the sorts of things you can see. So you, it's it's important for you to actually train yourself to try to remember your dreams. Yes, write down the good images. Um, and if you and if you don't remember anything, now I'll explain this to you um, next after this. So, so you understand now that this astral plane is conditioned by the laws of the mind and the way it um, works with the plastic substance that all human beings that have left their bodies live in. I use the term plastic because it can be moulded by the mind. On the astral plane, for instance, here, if you want to build a house, you've got to get money together and, and get a, you know, the carpenters and the engineers and whatever to... to you know, and they're working hard to, to make this house for you. On the astral plane, for you to build the house, you have to think about it. You have to put the energy of your mind to create the house you want. Hmm? And not just the desire. You use the mind and and as you use the mind and you make the images now here. On the astral plane. I think we also have an astral part of our energetic. Yes, yes, yes. Yes. So you are talking now as a human being. No, no, no. I'm talking about people who have died. People that have died, if they they create what they want with their minds, 
once they've been shown how to do it. What is it useful for them if they are dead? See, when people die, they normally, as I said, take the form of what is the most, uh, the best life part of their lives. And they're walking around or, you know, going on boats. They're, they're having a good time. The purpose of the astral plane is to give you a rest from life, from being in a physical body. So it's a, it's a recuperation. It's a it's a pleasant place. You choose the movie you want to see. You can create the movie you want to see. That is correct. And most people create very beautiful places to live in. They have around them the most beautiful things they can imagine. They live in a nice uh, you know, environment with lake or whatever. And people can visit them. Uh, whenever they want, and they visit each other, they talk to each other. They that's how the prophet Muhammad yes. described the paradise. Of Something like this, yes, yes. The religions speak of heavens. All of the all of the religions speak of heaven. So if you can imagine what you would like heaven to be, that's what it will be. So on the astral um, plane, you use your mind. Hmm. It's not. Just uh, the mental. desires. And That's not desires. No. You you use your mind to to build what you want. The mind is important here, um, and to go where you want. But another thing I'll point out: the longer you stay on the astral plane, the more and more unimportant this physical world is to you. It is a nuisance to to think about it much because. You're having a good time there, and you've got friends there, and people are coming in there to visit you, your friends from the physical plane. So why do you want to come back? So, but sometime eventually, the the beings go through the 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 soul itself needs to reincarnate. I've been talking to you a bit about average human beings, and the average human beings are most basically have lots of desires, lots of emotions, and they have minds and they use them to a degree. But they're not normally very highly intellectual. The types of people that, what I call intelligentsia, that think most of them, like a scientist. Now, most scientists don't believe in an astral plane and not interested in religion. Um, they're thinking in, in cold facts. This material plane is all there is, and they don't care about a god. Some of them do, but this is you know, these highly intelligent people. Now, if you're really, really living in the domain of the mind, the astral plane for you, you will not have much, if any, astral plane experience. Most of these very intelligent people go into the domain of the mind. Sorry, Peter, so they go to the mental plane. Into the mental plane. Don't go into the astral. It's, it's a waste of time. For them, yes. They, they have not built this astral substance. Unless, of course, they are highly selfish, or these, this, if they've manifested emotions in the wrong way, they'll go through their, their period of cleansing that and then quickly into the domain of the mind where most of their thought life is. Most people live in an emotional world. They sit in these cafes and they, you know, they talk you know, a million miles of words all the time and they have this 
what the solar plexus, this is what creates the astral plane. Link. So it's emotional. They have loving emotional yes. things. That's where most people are. And these are the people that create this astral plane. They continue this type of emotional exchange. But the more mental types, they don't really have often dreams. Or very rarely will they have a dream because they're not going to the astral plane. Oh, it's good for them, no? They don't need to. They go into the mental plane. And the mental plane has its different laws. And it's the law of energy, of fire. And it's the law of, of images. If you think what's in the mind, what people create with their minds. See, some people create lots of desire things, like some people are poor, they're looking at the rich people and say, I want to live like that, and they're building how they're going to make themselves that type of paradise. But the, the more mental types, they're not thinking like that. They're thinking about ideas. They're philosophers. They're writing books. Right? They're, they're, they're scientists. They're, they're trying to work out the laws of the universe. And so they attract to them other ideas. And this is another type of energy which is fiery. It's not watery. Right? And so there's, there's some, on this mental plane, there's some very beautiful ideas. Um, and there are some concrete ideas. There's all types of images that you can go straight to and, and live in. And so the, the scientist type will often be there. Of course, some will be on the, the fifth subplane of the astral, learning their science this way. That is what they call, because there are schools of learning there. You can learn so much in those halls of learning, but others just go straight into the domain of mind. And, and this domain of mind can be, can be cruel also and, and clashing thoughts. Um, but there they learn and they prepare themselves for their next life, uh, where they will again write or, or do sort of high scientific or philosophical works. Now, the average person also has also, in this civilization we're in now, where everyone goes to school, everyone has to learn some facts. You're learning how to drive, you're learning a little bit about physics, you're learning about science, you're learning about health. You know, everyone is interested in something. So their mind is being developed. And so when they leave the astral plane, now the higher realms of the astral plane are exquisitely beautiful. They're full of light. This is where the mystics, the religions, and, and gets high inspirations, um, and some of you, from this higher domain of the astral. It's full of the most beautiful lights, crystal energies, uh, most exquisite lakes, beautiful beings. You can imagine these the divas. I wish I could remember that. Yeah, they are very, very well. You can in meditation. It comes through in meditation, um, and we'll teach you meditation. And so the these images will come, and the, the beautiful um, thought streams. It's the best I can give it of of um, of revelations. And so you you live in this is the, the world of meditation. It's the highest levels of the astral plane. And all these subplanes of the astral have links to the higher abstracted planes of, of what we call the cosmic dense physical. So what I'm sort of getting to is that the, 
the average human being, they also go, after they've cleansed their astral world, they, so they may have started in a health state and then eventually cleansed and cleansed um, and gone, and eventually they end up onto the mental plane. Now there's one other thing I want to point out, that a lot of the disciples, and all of you here are disciples, by disciples are people that, that, that want to help, that are keen on learning about about um, humanity and how to solve some of the problems of humanity. You are loving people. You're not selfish in your intent. Um, and the, these are disciples, and later on we'll talk about discipleships and masters of wisdom. But these people, when they're onto the astral plane, they're learning there all the time about what's about their next life, about, and they'll go down into the lower realms of the astral where the suffering types are, the health states, to help them. And they go into that substance and they're busy trying to teach those people how to get out. Right? So there's a continuous stream of these astral helpers. In the case of a war, for instance, if you go to the Second World War, no, there's a future world war coming, if you go to the Second World War, you can imagine the large number of people that died all of a sudden. Or in, in the case of um, whatever, wherever there's a large number of people. Now, now, some of these astral plane helpers, the disciples, will go down into the astral plane to these people who have just died and help them. Because they're confused, right? They've just been shot. They, they don't know anything about the life after death. And so people like you, when you die, you will go there and help the people that have just died to help them as to where they are and then help them to get into the astral plane. What I'm saying is that there's a lot of service work that is done by disciples, by spiritual spiritual oriented people that helping all of this humanity so you don't stop here, you continue there those people, disciples sorry, but as, mm. as you refer to us as disciples I mean, you do that in which plan? the astral or the mental? you do this when you're on the astral plane and you can also do this when you leave your body at nights most disciples do not they have a lot of things to do they really love humanity they love people. They want to help people. That's why they're disciples. So they don't go onto the astral plane when they leave their body at night just to have a good time and to visit a few people. They may do that. But they're going there to help because there's a lot of things to do. There's a lot of selfish people in the hell states to try to get out of the hell states. There are people that are dying all the time that they will go to help. So there's a lot of work that people do that uh, loving disciples that is part of their discipleship. And you're learning all the time while you do that. And it's also part of, of the process of discipleship. Now, so I just wanted to to point this out that the astral plane is not just a place of, of leisure, so to speak, but it's also a place of service work where loving people... Um, and also, you can, um, and this is more the mental types, they will send 
um, service work on when they on this mental realm to people like you, for instance. For instance, I'm writing a book, and in my case, it's a different sort of story. I, I have <laughs> far higher sources. But for instance, if you're writing a book, you want to write a book. It can be anything. It can be a romance novel. It can be a scientist wanting to do some research. You've heard, for instance, I give you Archimedes in uh, the old Greek philosophy. Is on the um, it was in his bathtub. And um, he was asked to figure out how to figure out the um, the purity of gold. And he was in the bathtub and he said, Eureka, I figured this out. You know, the water splashed and he said he worked it out. It was a flash that came to him. Now this, this um, image that's sent can be an image that's sent by a person, a disciple on the mental plane to, a, to somebody that's trying to work on the physical plane and get ideas as to writing a book, a novel, or a scientist, for instance, doing research, and suddenly this image comes into their mind. It's, so it's not just... It's, you know, it can be directed from, from somebody on the mental plane or even from the astral for some of the people that are more, more emotionally based. And, um, or it can be directed, of course, in this way, the master's work and the soul itself. So that when you're writing, when you're using your mind correctly to, to try to think out something, for instance, as I said, writing a book, you send an energy field into the higher stratas of, of life, the astral or mental, and then you attract to this energy um, stream thoughts of, of, similar, of similar nature. And also beings will see that you're thinking like this and say, oh yes, I can give that person this image, this idea. And you get an idea. You may think it's from yourself, but it's really from somebody that sent it into your mind because they're trying to help you. right? And so this is the way that um, people help on the inner realms help on the physical planes. You can imagine that as you become a disciple, what you're not so much interested in is pleasure. You're not interested in just having a good time. That's where most common people are at. You're interested in helping the planet. You're interested in trying to solve the problems of the world. You're, trying to inter- you're interested in trying to stop people from being so selfish, so destructive with what they do. So you, when you die, you don't stop. You continue, but you've got many more, much more ability to do this out of your body. I'm sorry to interrupt you, but the way you have described the way uh, mental, or uh, when somebody's in the mental plan trying to help somebody in the physical plan. Uh, uh, they do that through ideas. Uh, or perhaps a master trying to transmit the ideas to somebody who, who's asking for them uh, with the with their life, their work, whatever, this, this energy which mm. goes up, then it gets back. It's like a basket you put here and it, it's full of uh, input. Yes, yes, ideas, come. that's right. Right. But I suppose this works physically, it has to work like the uh, idea you throw up, you, when you throw a, a stone into the water, then the, the waves starts to span in mm. around the, the pond, and you see that the round uh, waves will attract it. Okay, that, that expands the message. Mm. Uh, mm. uh, but that 
also works for negative thinkings or not? Well, if you're negative, if you if you're thinking in a negative way, what happens is you produce constricting bands that you make a jail around yourself. I mean, if if it works for positive ideas, does it work also for negative ideas? Not connection, not in connection with superior minds, but in connection with... There are beings on the astral plane and on the inner realms that will use these negative, negative. thinkers and give them thoughts. Um, so they are in the dark side. The dark the side, that's right, what I call the dark brotherhood. And later on you'll understand the way they work, the forces of evil. And all the religions have this, yeah, this the good and external evil. External good and yes. evil, external to, to, to this. And the astral plane has its own special hell zone for these entities as well, which uh, we can go into later. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's actually quite a, a vast subject, and the, the question of evil is one of my talks, uh, which I'll, I'll go into the way the dark brotherhood works. So there are beings like we are disciples, we're working towards light. There are the beings that are working towards selfishness and manipulation of other people. Um, and they're, 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 the law of karma applies, but they know how to evade certain aspects of this law and to postpone it for far into the future. So yes, the selfish types, the, the cruel types, those, they will attract similar thoughts. In the inner planes in our world, because we use the phrase like attracts like. That means that, um, that if you have loving thoughts, and thoughts to help other, you'll attract to you loving thoughts. If you have negative thoughts, evil thoughts, you'll attract to you beings that are negative and evil. Now, they are also the dark brotherhood type, that if they see you trying to help others, they will work to try to prevent you. They will work to attack you. And this is a whole subject which is, I'm not going to go into now. Black magic. Black magic, yes. Uh, so, um, the the important thing, as I've just pointed out here, is that you do service work on the astral plane. There's much service work to be done. So just because you've left your body does not mean that you don't stop helping and, and stop striving. And all the time you're evolving. There's never a time when you're not growing spiritually. You're helping others even on, on the, the murky, you know, mucky part of the astral plane to get out of where they are because you have to teach them to strive, to, get, to understand why they are there. But as you get uh, higher disciples, you're actually helping the astral, the people emotionally, to understand that they suffer because of their emotions. It's the emotions and the way it's tied to the mind that cause people to suffer. People are um, angry, they have spites, they, they, they um, you know, use their emotions to, to produce malicious gossip. All these things that um, they use, you know, they, they, they'll tell lies about other people, they'll you know, speak untruths about things. And this whole emotional emotionality of people is the cause of people's sufferings. And so all the way along, people have to learn what not to do. 
And so they learn this. And there's mechanism on all the planes of the astral of how to get to the higher domains. There are people, for instance, that on the average domain of the human, where average human beings are, they've never seen these brilliant light of the higher astral planes, the beautiful beings, the angelic kingdom that are there. And so they also taught how to experience that. There's also on the astral realms great beings that will come. On the astral plane, great beings like, like Buddha beings or uh, and the masters will come to teach average human beings. There. And so, and also, you know, disciples, advanced disciples will come and they'll have sometimes maybe millions of people to listen to them. Only in the astral plan or also in the mental plan? Well, the mental is, is the concept of ideas, and I'm talking here about giving ideas to average human beings on the astral plane. So, on the mental plane, the, the life is generally, the timing, if you want, is a, is a shorter period of time and it's more intense because you're living in the, the domain of the ideas and it's, a, it's abstract. For instance, uh, in the domain of ideas, in the astral plane, you, you see lots of images such as human beings, houses and whatever, libraries. But on the mental, you don't need that. It can be one symbol. For instance, a, a five-pointed star can teach... Somebody like, you know, if I talk, a guy wrote a five points, the pentad, there's so much philosophy associated with that symbol. A whole religion comes from it. My books, I have, you know, much, much information explaining, the, you know, it's like a human being. One head, um, two arms, two legs. It's the five pointed star, and you get the da Vinci sort of symbol, sort of the circle around it. Or that one symbol is the whole universe is there. Uh, in that symbol. So the mental type just needs a few things like that and it's streams of energies. It's more like stream of energy. It's um, streams of thoughts. So if you think that um, a thought is just like a bubble like this, but a thought happens over time. So it's a stream of thoughts and that's what you're living in, your experience. So you don't really care so much about human forms. What you're living in is idea forms. So the the um, you know the concept of being in a human form and having a nice looking figure, uh, you know, being thirty years old, is not important to such a person. But an idea such as um, what caused the universe to start and to be, to think this out, that's much more important. And so that is um, so when you get to this. This um, lower mind, which is what we're describing here, the concrete mind, and it's got four subplanes, four levels to it. Then this abstract mind, domain of the soul, has got three. Now this mental superior is where the soul itself resides. And so you're travelling now from, from, we started off here in the etheric body, and we went through the astral, and we're now into the mental body. Normally it's only a short duration. And then the soul says it's time for reincarnation. It's time to produce another. The soul has already worked out its next life. It wants uh, itself or the, this mind but what's there now to take another birth. It abstracts. Abstract means it draws that being into itself. The soul is group conscious. It does not have you know, your or the concept of you being you now is, is unimportant to it. 
because there's a whole stream of lives in its consciousness, male, female, whatever, you know, and, and it's got the whole future. And so, and it's part of a, a collection of souls. So it draws you back in and then sends you into the womb of, you know, it links up with the, the, the womb of a mother um, for the new birth and to what it has decided it's going to be its next birth. Of course, you forget your past life, but you have the capacity in the new birth, depending on on your spiritual age, to remember images of your past lives, to recollect. And we talk about some scars. I mentioned a little bit last life uh, last week how the the tendencies from past lives, what you did in a former life, and the things that you experience in the, in the inner planes, on the astral plane, for instance, they drive on into this life into the new life so they, they continue all those things and nothing is lost everything continues it's every life is a gain from the past life now I'll give you for instance some people for instance they had very selfish life remember I talked about that and then they go into this hell state onto the astral plane and you know the hell state is terrible to the experience for somebody that once was, for instance, um, maybe the ruler of a country. <laughs> now I can name a lot of rulers of, of, of the countries of this world are going to go into the hell state. And there they were, although very rich or a very famous movie star. They make what? You know, they're multi-millionaires. They, they have all of this money and all these people adoring them. But what did they do with their money? They bought themselves a mansion for $13 million and and lived off the adoration of other people and didn't do anything to help people. Now you can imagine that type of person finding themselves in this hell state of having lost all of that and living in a muck, in, in, the, in the, the most grimy, murky place um, with nobody to adore them um, because they must pay for this. Now when they are reborn in a new life, this memory, it's an interior memory of, of having the result of being in this murk, is still there. It's a, an, an inherent understanding of what not to do. That if they repeat that type of action, it will cause something not pleasant. And therefore they, 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 they do not manifest that type of extreme selfishness, again, they actually become much more loving. And, um, you know, I, I know lots of people where I can see these types of experience, especially in disciples, um, where in disciples experiences, yes, um, they're very quickly taught by the soul by what not to do. Later on, when I teach you more about discipleship, uh, you'll find that um, very often disciples have had positions of power. They're expected to help people, but often positions of power breeds corruption. <laughs> they, they use their power wrongly and then they have to pay for what they do. And then they have an, a future life where they, they, they just cannot anymore do a, that type of action. You can see this quality in them 
to manifest like that, but they can't. Um, the, the soul has pulled them back and um, made sure that that life is correct. Um, so there's, there's lots of things that are learnt on the inner realms and the subjective planes that are carried through to the next life. Even though you don't remember them, the energy is there. And as you know from your you know, experience with, with the professor, that this energy body, everything uh, has to be thought of in terms of the way that the energy moves and conditions you, your life. And the energy comes from these past life experiences and it pushes you um, to not do certain actions or to curtail them. And so this is the way we all evolve eventually to become great, you know, liberated beings, masters of wisdom. So, so you keep on learning in the astral, in the astral, the yes. lower astral uh, planes, subplanes, uh, because otherwise, I mean, using our Siberian logic, mm. uh, you need you need to create holograms, real holograms of knowledge, and they stay within your energetic body, within your community. yes, yes. So you don't only create uh, holograms while when you are in your body. You also create holograms when you are in your astral. That's right. That's right. Plane? That's right. Yes, you create the really? yes. The astral plane is the, the result, the effect. The astral plane is the effect of the holograms you've created while you're in your physical body. But and for many, the average beings, they don't really escape from that, but they are educated. But for disciples, you can build the the next step ahead for you. So you can create the next and then you're reincarnated again. So the this concept of holograms, I will I'll give this I'll use the term samskaras instead. That's the way I use it. Tendencies that you've developed from past lives and it's a whole mental, emotional package that carries through into the future. With what you're doing, it's the mind itself that controls everything. In Buddhism, everything is mind. The mind is what creates the reality, right? The mind is what continues on into the next life. Now, the images, the patternings of the images, the energy field, right, which is that hologram from the past lives, and all of those sequence of lives, you, you can imagine that you've had hundreds of lives, and only a small portion of those hundreds of lives manifest in a particular life. The soul holds it. The, the, the whole, you know, the holographic image is very good one. I like that. So the, the soul keeps that and sends into your life the holograms from past life, or what I call streams of samskaras, streams of conditionings, that will condition your life in this life in order with a preordained patterning of thought, a preordained patterning of emotions which you then have to live out and build the new with. So, as you go through life, you'll notice in your... In your if you, any of you go through your, your, your life and you remember 
the stages of your life, for instance, all of you have been married once, I presume you've had children, and the, you may have had lovers before. Now, what normally happens is that somebody that's, that's come into your life that's really influenced you can be a karma. So there can be, for instance, a wife or brother or sister from five lives ago that now that hologram or that, that, that image, that, that life patterning that you've made, the energy field that you created together, is now time to re-experience it. It comes to the surface as the new life experience. And then, no matter what you do, that relationship finishes. <laughs> it's no more. You have to go into a new hologramic patterning from another life that comes to the surface. And so you meet somebody else, or you don't meet anyone for, for a period of time, whatever it is. Or you find yourself um, in another country with a complete new set of people. Like I'm here in Belgium, which I never really anticipated being in a year ago, um, talking to you here. So this is a... a the life which uh, we have now is not necessarily the, the consequence of the, the lost life. It can be yes. also the consequence of many lives before. That's right. Many lives before. It can be a consequence of... of, of um, three, four thousand years ago when you had a life and you're reliving an aspect of that life. When you relive that life, then the images, that, that hologram that you created then now come to the surface and they are the most real thing to you. Not what was happening before. Therefore, what we're getting to is that the hologram that you that you created in a former life and it's not necessarily your last life it can be five lives ago which is yeah, important because your, the life patterning that you're living through in, in the now is the repetition of what you did in that life and so the people you meet the new people you meet the new life conditioning like for instance me being here in Belgium now and you know like you'll be in, in America in America there's a, that's another life that's not your French-Belgium life. So the people you meet will be drawn from whatever life it is. And what you created together then, the good and the bad, must be re-experienced with the new life conditionings in such a way that the good can come from it. Then the, then the progression in life will... And so that's what you have to now use your mind to, to fix up. Um, but there is, there is, of course, the biology of the new conditionings, your new life. You've, and this is probably what um, you're referring to here. You've got the past tendencies coming to the present, but you've got the new life that you've evolved since, since being a baby um, that ride and uh, right over that as well, and they, the two work together to produce a new hologram, a new thought structure, which then is the seed for things you do into the future, or things that you might have to experience in the after-death state. And there's certain memories also that's, that the, the substance of your body, what, what we call the periodical shifts, has remembered that will also influence you, for instance, sickness, disease, 
Um, there's certain things that, that come from the past uh, which is inherent within the body. So the soul has worked out what type of body you're going to have and the types of sicknesses and diseases and all these other types of experiences that you have to cleanse um, beforehand and then you go through it and adjust and work out and live out your life and hopefully you'll take that next step on towards becoming liberated and enlightened being a master. Karma works out in, in this way. So the, the karma is just simply the law of action. Whatever you've done, mm-hmm. it produces reaction. And it's, it, it's applied on all dimensions, on all planes, from the physical laws upwards. So okay. it, it's just simple that way. And then there's certain beings that, that um, deal with this law, that distribute it. 